0: It's real, it's real, you know
1: the day. you know the day. Hey, Chante. And I'm Natalie, and welcome to What's the Deal, a podcast powered by the Norfus Firm. At the Norfus Firm, we solve people problems. We have the great pleasure of working with employers all around the world on HR and diversity, equity, and inclusion issues. You know, I'm excited today, because one of... Are you
0: excited, Natalie? Oh, What's making tell them so why you excited? mad. Oh, I'm not mad. We, that's
1: not the right one. Okay, so... We we love the word intention and, and all of its derivatives, right? Yes. Intentionality, being intentional, um, and so I'm really excited about our guest today because we really get to focus on one of our favorite words, because we often run into leaders uh, on our journey and, and in consulting of saying, but I, I don't, I don't know what to do. I, I don't know, I don't know how to be an inclusive leader, right?" Yes. And a lot of times when we hear that, we're like, "Well, what would you do? What would you do to solve?" any other business issue right. that you have, right? right. Like what, what steps would you take? Because that's usually like a good starting point for what it takes to be an inclusive leader. Mm-hmm. But you know, I get really excited and I go too far, reel it Pulling in, back. reel it in. Yeah. Um, when we think about the word <laughs> inclusion, we love shared language. Mm-hmm. What do we mean? So,
0: inclusion is the action or state of including or being included within a group and that's according to the Oxford dictionary. So, what that conveys to me is that it's active. Like you actually have to do something to achieve a result. So, um you can't, you can't it just doesn't happen. Right. You have to put in some effort in order to make something happen. And so, which is again, why we love the word, because all of the work that, that we encourage people to do is around that taking intentionality, action. taking action, being thoughtful, being mindful, like all of it is connected. And so really, really excited to have our guest here today, Dr. Nika White, because um, she really focuses her work on creating intentional inclusionists. And I and I love that idea yeah. of, of being intentional about it, but being that like, that's your label, that's your name, that's your title. Intentional Intentional inclusionist.
1: inclusionist. I saw that and I was like, oh, boom, boom. We gotta talk to her. Yeah, exactly.
0: (laughs) So but before we jump into the conversation, I I wanna do a little introduction (laughs) of of Dr. White. So um, Nika has a doctorate in management and organizational leadership and is the founder of Nika White Consulting. Uh, Her organization focuses on the intersection of organizational development and industrial psychology. Uh, She's a published author, including her latest release, Inclusion Uncomplicated, A Transformative Guide to Simplifying DEI, And it's published by Forbes Books. Forbes Books, yep, that's how you say that. Dr. White also has her own podcast called Intentional Conversations, which also discusses all things DEI. So, Dr. White, thank you so much for joining us today. So happy to have you on the program. Um, You know, before we jump into the conversation, can you can you give us a definition of what intentional inclusionists are and what that means, Mm -hmm. and how people can can really do that?
2: Yeah, I would love to. First, I want to thank you, Shantae and Natalie, for having me. Um, I am been looking forward to being in community and conversation with the both of you. And um, to your question, yes, I too absolutely love the word intentional or any variation thereof. Um, my first book is entitled The Intentional Inclusionist. And so I've kind of been known as the intentional inclusionist as part of my brand. But when I wrote that book, um, I really wanted the world to realize that in order for us to do this work of inclusion in a meaningful way, in an impactful way, in a way that would be able to sustain the work and the outcomes for the long-term, we cannot be passive about it. So everything that the two of you shared at the beginning is precisely at the heart of the intentional inclusionist. It is someone who is being very intentional in their pursuit of creating opportunities of belonging and acceptance and full um, opportunity for success of those that they may find themselves in community with, whether it's in the workplace, whether it's in general community endeavors. And I think that's important because when we think about intentionality, it has a a certain look and feel about it. It is not passive. It is very calculated. It is calibrated. It requires action. It requires forethought. It requires a belief in a process that there is going to be a reward or benefit at the end. And so when we put all of that together, it certainly sends the message that we are expecting something to happen. And at the center, it's all about action.
1: Yeah. So you know it's interesting. Um, I love that because it's like each of the words that you're using. There's so much energy around them. Energy and they're they're, they're actionable, right? Yeah. And so it's like yeah. in one of our other recent episodes, we were talking about like lip service and platitudes. And when you when oh. you're talking lip service and platitudes, the inclusion becomes so fluffy. Mm-hmm. And, and I think yeah. in terms of the precision that you're using, um, it, it is like, okay, I can do that. So one of the yeah. things that I think we still get is, a lot of is, well, I mean, like, why do we need to do this? Like, if we just treat each other with respect or the golden rule, like, isn't it enough? And, mm-hmm. and before I have you comment on that, Dr. White, I just would note, I, I've been talking about the golden rule a lot when I do HR training, where I'm like, yeah. the way I want to be treated may not be the way you want to be treated, right? So I think that's a good yeah. starting place for recent. When, well, if we just show each other respect, it's like, but I feel like you have to be intentional about respect too. So, what's your take there?
2: You absolutely have to be intentional about respect and acceptance and and all the things, right? All of these words that we hear as part of the broad DEIB conversation. And the reason why, which you have alluded to, is because what causes someone to feel included, to feel a sense of belonging, to feel a sense of acceptance can look different from person to person. So it very much is about getting proximate to those relationships and understanding exactly what makes those individuals thrive within the environment. And and that requires intentionality. I often say that sometimes the reason that people shy away from this work, the work of, you know, again, trying to foster inclusivity is because it's dressed in overalls and it looks like work, but it is work. But it's work worth working for, you know, you use the word energy a moment ago. So, yes, cue Beyonce here because energy is definitely a part. <laughs> we we these- need a
1: little bit of music in here. <laughs>
2: It's definitely a part of this experience. We get energized when we feel like we are helping someone. We get energized when we feel like we are a part of, of, of solutioning of something that we know is so valuable to each individual. And so while we've been talking a lot about inclusion being very much centered on action, which it very much is, I also want to bring to the conversation that it's also a mindset. So when I talk about the intentional inclusionist, they are marrying not only a mindset, a belief that inclusion is a value set, but they're also then coupling that with behaviors, actionable behaviors and actions that are not just any actions, but useful actions. And then that takes us back to the point we were just making. How do we know if something is useful? We need to get proximate to the individuals in which we're trying to ally for, and which we're trying to create spaces of inclusion and belonging for. And that takes relationship building. It takes work. It takes really, again, not being passive but being
1: very
0: intentional. Yeah, I, I really appreciate the the bringing in the the mind state that mm-hmm. you have to have in order to do this. work. That
1: immediately made me mm-hmm. think of you.
0: Absolutely, because it's you have to. It's it, and it feels to me like when your actions and your intentions align, mm-hmm. then you can actually create some sort of change. You can actually create like the 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 culture, you can create the workplace, you can create whatever it is that you want when those two are in sync. And so, you know, but it's, we get from time to time often enough, folks are like, well, how do I do that? Ugh. How do I, how do I, how do I really get my, you know, um, how do I be intentional about these things? Where it's like, but you, You've been intentional about other parts of your life and other things that have happened. You've been able to create <laughs> things in your life. So how, how right now in this instance, you don't know how to be intentional. Right. How does that work? Exactly. So, I mean, <laughs> yeah. really yeah. curious uh, Dr. White on your thoughts there. When, when you hear people say, but how do, how do I do that? What is that? What does that take?
2: So there there are a lot of thoughts that I'm holding right now. You know, the first is, is that we have to realize that being inclusion minded, it is a leadership function, a leadership competency. And it's so important for us to amplify that when we talk about leadership, it's not just about positionality or title. Certainly that's a part of it but it's about influence. And the reason that that is so important for us to bring to the conversation is because I believe there are a lot of people who at their core, if you were to engage them, they certainly would be able to articulate that they see value in an in inclusive environments, right? But they are challenged because they see the work of fostering inclusivity as the sole responsibility of the person who carries a title of like chief diversity officer, chief diversity you know, manager, director, or even like the HR professionals, right? And so I love to make sure that people realize that regardless of what level you are, what your background, what your titles, that you have to first and foremost, accept that this is part of the work that belongs to you as well as everyone else, right? It belongs to all of us. And then when you think about that, you have to then take the next step and interrogate, well, what is my responsibility in this? What is my, how can I hold myself accountable to my responsibility in this? And that means that first and foremost, we have to learn we have to educate ourselves, generate that level of awareness. And sometimes that means learning, unlearning and relearning. And oftentimes the unlearning is about the misinformation that we've been exposed to, right? That has then shaped our mindsets to where we need to go back and revisit that. Um, but when I talk about intentionality, it, again, it is, it is a mindset of believing that this is appropriate, this is um, a benefit, this is a strength that we want to be able to capitalize on. And just like anything else, to your point, if we want to make something happen, resources abound. We can't just sit back and, and be idle. We have to begin to go to work. And um, I think that education piece is so important as the starting ground. We all should be on a learning journey that never ends.
1: So wow, uh,
0: the leadership competency part really yeah. got me because you know it's it, it. I don't know if many people look at it that way in terms of being intentional in this area. Indeed, yeah. they don't really think about competency. Well,
1: and I think the reality of it is, is that sometimes people let the word make it seem like it's something so different. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you and I and I do think and I, I'm sure Dr. White, you can agree with this, given some of the work you do, is that we have really, really gotten away from building leaders in organizations like I, I know we talk wow. about this a lot. Um, and, you know, we, we kind of uh, get upset because they, they leave the Gen X folks out. But us Gen X mm-hmm. folks are like when we grew up in our career and my dad grew up in his career and he was leading people, there was so much support like when you got into the role through these leadership development courses that were very intentional and time, you know, like the people put a lot of time into making people understood the difference between being a ma- manager and a leader, because those are different, what it's like to build a team, to have cohesiveness. And a lot of that really was inclusion before we talked about it that way, but we've gotten so far away from it. And now you're putting people with these big titles that have never, uh, managed people or led people, and and so they don't have that skill set, and the education is important. And I mean, I I advocate for more learning opportunities to prepare people for these roles, because it's a huge responsibility. Mm-hmm. And I think that's such a big part of this is that people are not getting the resources they need to even lead correctly, Fair to not. even know that it's a competency, to even know that inclusion yeah. is, it's a good big business practice, you want cohesion on your team. It's no different than having if you have multiple kids, each kid has to be parented differently. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, even if right. you have the same yeah. rules, one kid might be a huge rule follower, the other one might trounce on them. So <laughs> how you approach them is different. Different. And I think another point you made, Dr. White, that's huge is a title doesn't make you a leader, right? No. Like a title no. does not make you a leader. There are people who are leaders without the titles that we see every day. Absolutely. And so I think that's the other, it's it's kind of the window dressing that people use to like, well, you got to respect me. I'm the this, I'm the CEO or the whatever. And it's like, no, that's not how it works, right? You have to like to that point of you have to relationship build. And it's, and I think it, I think the point that we've all been saying is that things you really care about, you put the effort in and no one has to tell you to do it. You figure it out. You figure it out. And so on that out, Dr. White, I think, you know, sometimes the resistance that we get is, uh, especially in like really, like uh, really big performance driven companies is like, well, I've been successful like this, right? Mm -hmm. Like, why do I need to think about a different approach? Because like I've delivered, Right. So what is like, how do you react when someone sort of says, but I, I look at all the stuff I've done, like, why are you asking me to do uh, something different?
2: You know, that's a really important question. And I often share that resistance of any kind is a lack of clarity. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. part of where my mind would go whenever I engage in in conversations like that is to start, you know, just having this questioning frame of mind. Help me to understand why you think that way. Tell me more about these experiences and the things that you've done. And um, through that, hopefully we are, as we're showing up as a listener, right? Really just kind of centering their voice that we are gaining that rapport. And, um, and then we'll, we'll be able to help provide some, some lessons and some, some leadership that uh, may be missing from how in which they're thinking about inclusion, right? This is not... I'm checking off of a list of all the things I've done and now I'm, I'm, I'm through it. You know, we use the word journey very often as we talk about this work. And it's because even for those of us who are practitioners in this space, and I'm sure the two of you would agree, we are constantly having to learn, you know, I don't like language like cultural competency because to be competent across all cultures, is just not realistic. Right. So I, I rather... Like to use language like cultural intelligence or cultural humility because we're constantly learning. And so, um, you know, that's where I would probably challenge individuals is to don't think about it as a destination. Think about it as once we've reached a certain level within our leadership around um, inclusive mindedness, what is next for us? you know, let's stretch ourselves. The same way we have stretch goals around the work that we do within our organizations, let's have stretch goals around just being better humans, right, because at the center of this work, it's humanity. And I think that's getting lost sometimes, especially as we bring into the conversation, the business case for diversity, equity and inclusion of belonging. And and I should really follow that up by saying there is a business case. Research points to all of the value sets that organizations can gain by really being intentional and deliberate in uh, operationalizing DEIB. But what I have also found is that when we constantly lead with that message, I think it causes people to lose just the, the, um, the nature of humanity, right? And so I am, I am really big on uh, making sure that we don't lose that.
1: The humanity piece is huge. You know, the reason, sure I. The, the reason why, and, and I, I think as Shantae always says, we're people-centered. The reason why is we've had such a like incredible opportunity, both in our professional work and our personal travels, to connect with people all over the world. And when we yeah. have global assessments, we tend to find that while in different countries, people have different cultural norms, the one constant is that people want that authentic human connection, right? They wanna feel like, hey, look, we might be different, but there's something about us that we connect on. And something. Well, while you were talking, sort of what came up for me is if we just make it as simple as possible, like when you go to work, you want to like enjoy the people you work with, right? Mm-hmm. Like you, you want to feel like, hey, I'm like, because these are the people you spend a most God, of your waking right? productive yeah. hours with, right? right? You yeah. want to be able to feel like, yo, they got my back, mm-hmm. they're fun, they're funny, we have stuff in common. And the only way that you get there is to be intentional about getting to know the people you work with. And I feel like there's a lot, I was thinking about some of your travels and people you've connected with when, when Dr. White was talking about the humanity piece, it's,
0: what really stood out to me is the curiosity. Yeah. Um, Uh, Jump in this, in what you were sharing uh, just now is that you have to be curious about it. Curious to when people show resistance. Curious to where we can connect. Curious about like yeah. everything in this space. And I, and I I really appreciate you saying we can't lose the humanity when when trying to sell the business case for DEI because I know yeah. you know as practitioners we get tired of people um, we get tired of that resistance. So it's like you know what forget it. This is good for business. <laughs> exactly. Damn it. And Damn it. But we can't right because you are de- you're talking about people and so we we I really appreciate you saying that don't lose it just to try to sell it is what I'm hearing you say so how do you how do you kind of walk that line it's it's a very delicate line it is right but how, how do you how do you navigate that because if I'm sorry
1: because if you talk about feelings too much and And how people people feel, then people shut down. That
0: doesn't belong in
2: the workplace. Yes, it doesn't necessarily appeal to certain individuals, particularly when you think about C-suite leaders who are often the ones who are holding the power, the authority to help influence change within organizations. But so here's my response to that. It's a both and. I'm not saying get rid of the conversation around the business imperative because that is important. I just want us to be much more mindful about how and when, particularly from a, a frequency, a cadence, a sequencing, Because I think that um, when we are talking to folks that are part of the C-suite, it you know, their mindset automatically is going to go to the bottom line because that's what they've been trained to do since day one. Right. So this is not even an indictment on them. It's just more or less something for us as practitioners to be mindful of, because I think that at least from my experience, every time I pointed it out that we need to place equal value on the humanity aspect, along with also being able to realize the opportunity of DEI because of the benefits from a business perspective, that um, it's, it's welcomed. It's actually received as, you know, you're right. And so it's the both and. Um, and I also want to mention that I love the fact that curiosity has um, come up because I do think that that is the heart that every intentional inclusionist or striving intentional inclusionist should have is just let's be curious we spend way too much time making definitive statements and um, not nearly enough time asking thoughtful questions or exposing ourselves to information and perspectives that really just opens us up to um, all the possibilities of just seeing the world in a different light, you know acceptance doesn't always mean agreement. And I think sometimes the reason there's a lot of divisiveness around this broad conversation of DEI is because we feel like we all have to agree. Well, the bottom line is that healthy conflict is just that, it is healthy, it is needed. It's what creates that level of innovation, that creativity, that greater, deeper problem-solving ability. And the last thing that I'll say, too, is um, I want to bring storytelling into this, because one of the things that we mentioned earlier is the importance of building those relationships and, again, being people-centered, really getting to know people beyond their job title, right? We talk about human resources. We place too much emphasis on the resources piece and not enough on the human piece. And so what I want to say about that is I think one of the most effective ways to help bridge that gap is for us to really dig deeper into this belonging piece, that connection piece that you mentioned a moment ago. Yes, everyone wants to feel connected, especially in a workplace environment where you're spending a lot of your time. And if someone is always questioning whether or not they belong, they are not showing up, bringing their A game. Do I belong here? Am I valued? Am I seen? Am I heard? Do I have full opportunity for success? And when we really interrogate all those questions that sometimes people are having conversations in their head with themselves around, no wonder people are being really compromised to show up at a high level of productivity in the workplace, especially those who are part of marginalized communities.
1: Right. So the way I would uh, wrap that particular point is get some facts. We say Curious. <laughs> We can say, I love, I love your word of interrogate. We can say investigate, but it's really get the facts, get the facts about the people, get the facts about the people you interact with, get the facts about what's going on in your organization, get the facts about what will work best to push things along. Right. Uh, So we're at that that sad time.
2: Let's define the facts too, because I don't want, I don't want the audience to miss this. When we talk about get the facts, that is, that's a holistic type of, you know, it really encompasses so many different things. And that's why I believe really in the power of storytelling. I have a whole chapter in my book that deals with storytelling. And it is because when we can be vulnerable enough and transparent enough to let our guard down and share our stories, we're giving others permission to do the same. And then wow. as we are engaged in sharing those stories, there's a deepened level of compassion and empathy. It's allowing people to get as proximate as possible to the lived experiences. And I think, that that's where we gain a lot of value in seeing this this whole phenomenon of inclusion and belonging to really actualize in a way that could be incredibly meaningful (sighs) so
1: you heard me about to say it right you could
0: go i know
1: we're getting to that sad point where uh, Ah. we have to wrap um so i'm gonna i'm gonna kind of summarize some of the key pieces here that Mm -hmm. we've talked about today so First and foremost, intentionality really gets at having a plan, and that plan, when it comes to inclusion, is, um, you know, making sure that you are being thoughtful and understanding why it's important to actively include folks on your team. Um, another really important piece is this balancing between um, the business case, which you know we've talked about many times here. There's plenty of data that shows mm-hmm. why. Uh, DEI matters. In fact, that's the title of McKinsey's research. So there's a balance though with the numbers and driving business and the humanity, right? Right. Because people are really looking for this human connection. We also need to be curious, right? And understanding that um, we can't just go with what we see on the surface. We can't just go with sound bites that we really have to dig into this work. And finally... Um, this, this piece around storytelling, and we do talk about this a lot too, right? Leaders have to sort of sometimes take the first step in being vulnerable and sharing where they are on their journey, um, so that, that others are feeling welcome to do the same. So. Um, we can't thank you enough for joining us, Dr. White. It was such a pleasure talking to you today. Um, a reminder, if you haven't subscribed, please do. If you haven't liked a few episodes, please do. Um, we always love your feedback. Again, we are open to your topics. You want You want us to talk about something trending or yeah. whatever, we're Hit here for you. Hit us up. <laughs> Hit us up. All right, y'all. We'll see you again soon.
0: Thank you.